Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon. I am the host of the Going in Circles podcast. My partner, the great Barry Spears, who will be at Tampa this coming Saturday. Uh, he'll be with us in just a minute. We're going to talk about the uh, Bob Baffert Inventational out at Santa Anita on Saturday. We're going to also talk about the Holy Bowl um, and the undercard and uh, a couple of the those races, which were mostly Todd Pletcher's world, and we were all living in it on Saturday for most of the uh, most of the day, uh, and uh, talk about you know what's coming up this weekend, and we'll go from there. All right, see you back here in just a minute. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles, and we're going to expand on the handicapping, especially, uh, you know, with Julian's writing, who, who used to Julian used to write for American Turf Monthly, um, but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to be interested in, and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered, and uh, we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. Uh, we also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say you can be a guest writer just contact me there's a, a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest and we'll uh, we'll put you out there and we're not exactly uh at the distribution point of the new york times or anything but we do get a lot of click-ons and if you have something to say well we'll help you say it all right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to uh, read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast.gmail.com, and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir, Mr. Sniper, sir. What's up? What's up? How's everything in Sniperland? You really want to know, or you just want, you know, you want to give the answer that you want to hear? <laughs> give us the canned answer, please. No, I'm going to give you the real. Okay, okay. I'm cold. I well, said it. And it's 60 degrees. Well, up here in um, <laughs> North Pole, it was 40 degrees today, and people were wearing t-shirts. Were static about the uh, the warm up, but but the warm weather wasn't it like five or negative five like two days ago? It was negative. Uh, the the lowest I think it got here was like negative twelve. It must have felt like summertime when it's forty. When the wind chill was negative, like twenty five. Yeah, no, thank you. It hurt. It hurt so much. 
but that's over. Yes. That's over. I made it out to the uh, the opening Monday of the Saratoga Harness season. Once uh, I got my previous engagement finished with. Um, rousing crowd over there of about Three? 74. <laughs> most of which were the, the median age was probably about the same. <laughs> 74. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest. So I'm sitting there with a couple of friends of mine. And uh, my one friend had given, uh, he had a couple Meadowlands calendars. So he'd give them to, to the other guys. And we're sitting there, and a, and a guy, an older guy, asks my friend Joey if he could buy his calendar from him for $10. And, of course, he, he was like, well, you know, my friend don't mind if I calendar, do. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, and uh, so he's like, hey, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't sell you the calendar. The guy got all pissed off, man. He got all mad, like he wouldn't sell him the calendar. I was like, man, this guy's spicy. <laughs> See, that's that's like one of those classic at the racetrack stories. Like that would not happen anywhere else. Right, right. Not not that you know he he offered ten bucks for it, but that. But the the, the, person... the part that he got mad that he wouldn't. Yeah, he got mad at him. <laughs> Oh, I forgot the part. This part. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's for a sick kid. Oh no! Because you know most most children that are that are feeling ill are, are immediately cheered up with a Meadowlands hey, calendar. I I can't say that that's not true because I would have enjoyed that. I know. If it was me, I would have been thrilled. But uh... yeah, but I don't know how many of those are out there at this point. <laughs> In fact, I used to love it when my my grandparents used to go to Aqueduct <clears throat> after New Year, and, and they'd come home with the uh, the calendars, great pictures in there. Yeah, and then the Aqueduct portion of the of the calendar, mm-hmm. it was great because it always had snow, and you could see the inner and the outer dirt. And yeah, man, those were the good old days, I guess. Yeah, where well, they didn't cancel very much. No, <laughs> canceling, canceling just didn't happen that that much back in the old days. I mean, there had to be like a like a, a huge blizzard, like twelve yeah, inches right. a foot of snow, or... shut down the city. You know, yeah. they had to stop running the the trains and the buses before they they cancel. But um, well, you know they they ran it to. Mohawk the other day that with the wind chill was minus sixteen and and they they still ran, which might be the coldest I've ever seen a track run at at least here. I, I know Saint Moritz over in uh, where's that in Switzerland? Switzerland. <laughs> they run on the, uh, the ice, lake. right? Yeah, so it, it better be cold if you're gonna run on a lake. One of the most bizarre cancellations was a few years ago when they when they canceled. Wasn't the Haskell? Yeah, because of the heat, the and heat, they, yeah, they and, and they, like they stopped races. it. Right, they stopped it halfway through, and then started it like at sundown. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, right. It it went down from like ninety eight to ninety four. <laughs> oh no, we're good now. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest thing. They started the car, they ran a couple races, then they 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 canceled the middle portion, then they said, "Oh yeah, the Haskell, yeah, we can run it, no problem." Meanwhile, everyone was out there in the sun. And the horse wasn't that the king king for a day? Didn't Beanie um, call that? Yeah, one? yeah, 
Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't know what happened to that horse. Topped out, beat maximum security. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. That that was did it. what I needed to do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, we had some some derby prep action this week. I don't know that it's going to have that much effect on the actual derby, but uh, it, I would it got say sliced no. down from three to two with, with the withers being postponed till next or this coming Saturday now. So, so this weekend we, we have three, um, you know, quasi derby preps, Sam Davis, the withers and the, uh, the El Camino Real, which, hmm. which, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think the last horse that came out of the El Camino Real. It ran in the Derby. Wasn't that uh, that, that horse that ended up winning the Preakness? Didn't he run in that? No, he didn't run in the Derby. Remember? Because I had him at like 150 to 1. I was pushing them to run in the Preakness. Right. The that's right. But they won the but Preakness. He, didn't he win I didn't, that? I one, didn't have right? him in the Preakness feature book. Didn't he run in that, though? No, he won. He didn't run the Derby. He ran. No, I'm won, talking about won the, the, pre- in the El Camino. He ran in the yeah. He he won the El Camino Rally. Oh yeah, which qualified what... him. Oh, okay. get a free entry. This bizarre kind. And of, they waited, right? This, this <clears throat> strange world of uh, <laughs> a synthetic track prep in February gets you an automatic entry into the Preakness. <laughs> uh, I get you know the same company owns both tracks, but it's still weird. But um, yeah, I have not seen the field for that race yet. I don't. I don't even know if it's drawn. To be honest, I don't think so. Not the, yet. The withers. I don't know if they. I think they redraw draw it. Um, it they have to, right? It, it wasn't very compelling. Uh, this past Saturday, I'm assuming they're going to get the same field for the most part. So it'll probably remain not all that compelling, but um. I mean, in terms of impact on the Kentucky Derby, I just don't know that uh, anybody in that race is going to. Uh, we can talk about. Let me get your your feelings on uh, this past weekend on the. Uh, well, let's start with the the the, the Bob Lewis because uh, that's the race that most everyone wanted to talk about the entire week last week once. It was drawn with the the four Baffert source. Uh, so you know, what, what were your impressions of that race? Um, it it kind of played out exactly how I thought it would, you know, on paper, which was kind of surprising. Um, but it's it's hard to to make anything out of that because of you know the context of the race where you got the trainer with all the horses, you know. I'd like to see him <laughs> run against somebody other than his, his stable mates. Let's just say that. Right. Um, but he, he was definitely, I thought, the superior horse anyway going into the race. So yeah. it's not a surprise that he won regardless of whatever nonsense could have happened. Now, New, Newgate had the best figures. Yeah, he, he was the, I thought he was the better one of all, all the others. Um, he ran okay. I mean, the, the, the four... Um, who was by far the longest shot of the four, which is weird. I, I can't believe they, I still can't believe they took action on that, let alone a try. But, um, yeah, he 
ran well too. I, I kind of like that one a little bit also. But the other two, like Arabian Lion, I, I think he's just washed. Are they just trying too long? Maybe they need to just cut him back. Yeah, he uh, he kind of peaked early. And it seems he's not going in the right direction. He, 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 you know, he didn't run terrible, but it's just hard to to really. Th- those weren't typical Baffert horses. In no Derby prep horses, and that, and that's the thing that that was uh, made it a little bit more difficult for me going in looking at the field. I actually kind of thought that the maiden might get a, a perfect setup, uh, and it didn't quite work out as good as I thought it would be. And I mean, the horse uh, Wooster ran, ran good. I mean, for a maiden, that's for sure. Right, ran okay. But yeah. I, I just don't. I, I I'm not a big fan of Newgate. I, I just have a feeling that no, he's a grinder. It's, he, it's weird he, to me. Um, he he smells like uh, Messier. Messier, yeah. Yeah, like he's gonna hit a wall. Um, I don't know. If he really wants to go further than a mile or mile sixteenth. He doesn't appear to be that type of horse to me. Uh, I know his pedigree says maybe he can, but um, I, I just don't think that race. I and one of the funny things uh, after the race, obviously, no nobody earned any points, but uh, I thought. Uh, my my first thought about that was that, well, I don't know that any of those four are really going to be requiring points because I'm not sure <laughs> they're going to be involved in in that particular race in the first Saturday of May. But uh, as it was, as it was, it was. Uh, well, I hope it's not a harbinger of things to come, but it sure seems like that, considering that. The last couple three year old races out there, they they haven't even got nominations from other trainers, other than a couple, um, you know, just just uh, long shots that are nominating just to nominate. Right. Uh, Tim Yakteen's got that one horse who who upset the apple cart a um, couple couple weeks ago, who's pretty good, and I saw he said that he's considering going to the Rebel. Um, you know, Gacteen worked for Baffert, and the Rebel has worked great for Baffert. So, I could see uh, see him him wanting to do that, especially considering it does not seem like Arabian Night will be back for the Rebel. One thing to to keep in mind, and and you know, I don't I don't have this you know the statistical backing on this, but from what I notice with Baffert horses and and. Their buyer speed figures. I, I don't know if it's, it seems like it might be coincidental, but also not at the same time. <laughs> um, that his horses really don't jump up in in figures often. Usually they start fast, they stay fast, maybe improve a point or two along the way. Um, so I don't that that's why I can I can understand your skepticism with Newgate. I, I don't think he can get much better than he is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually have made that point um, talking about the sham with the horse that Baffert won with uh, Reincarnate. Oh, yeah. yes. And he was not the typical, another you know non-typical Bob Baffert horse in that 
he started out on the, the turf, and his numbers weren't very good, but they were improving. Like you said, Baffert's horses usually come out running fast and go one of two ways. They continue to run fast and maybe edge up and run a little bit faster, or they regress. They drop off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They regress, or, or you just don't hear about them anymore. Um, you're right. I mean, that, that's not a typical Baffert pattern of improvement, improvement, improvement. Newgate has been running fast on speed figures. On, on buyers, he's been running fast. On thoroughbreds, he's been running fast. But I just have my, my doubts that he really wants to go that far. And, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he does, but but uh, at this point, I'm, I'm still going to be skeptical. Yeah, maybe it's his running style or something. It just doesn't – he doesn't have – it just seems like he's not, like, uh, I don't know, like, quick or have a, a little bit of burst. You know, that usually you'll see with Bathurst horses when they switch leads, they'll kind of burst a little bit, kind of kick on. And he doesn't really have that. He kind of just grinds it out one pace a little bit. He doesn't have a, you know, he seems like a, a little wider, too, of a horse in general. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really too, too high on him either. No, and uh, Baffert was in court all week last week in Louisville of all places, uh, trying to get an injunction that will allow him to race in the Derby this year. And I'm guessing that they'll allow his horses to earn points. Now, I don't know that if he does get an injunction that his horses will be given points retroactively. I really don't know legally how that would work, but it seems unlikely that he's going to be able to get that injunction. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're basically trying to say that the Churchill is a state actor and I just don't, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I don't have a legal <laughs> background. I didn't stay in a holiday and express, but I actually do have some experience in that area. And when I did work at Yonkers all those years ago, Mr. Rooney would throw people out um, at the drop of a hat, and drivers mostly. And everyone that ever tried to, you know, to lawyer up and and, and go that route, uh, no one was successful. And I remember my boss telling, the racing secretary telling him, listen, just go drive somewhere else for a while. We're not putting any releases out. You're not, you know officially this or that but if if you know someone puts an entry with your name on it we're not going to take it but you know let it let it blow over a little let a little time pass and and uh come come with your hat in your hand and and ask for forgiveness and, and you know he'll let you back in so i do know that the the legal means never worked and the the private property doctrine always was, you know, kind of like, listen, this is the law, <laughs> you know, right. unless you can do some sort of discrimination, <laughs> you know, which, which wasn't the case. Um, and it just doesn't seem like this is going to, you know, it's going to work either. The, the Naira case was far, far different because of the connection between Naira and the state and the oversight and, Naira owns the, you know, the state owns the the property and the, yeah. they have a lot to say about what 
activities there are. So that's a different story because you could certainly say that there's a, a tie-in between the state uh, and the, the private facility. I mean, Naira is really not even a private facility. So, but Churchill is, and I know that Louisville, the city of Louisville, owns the land, but there's a long, long, long-term lease on that land, like ninety years or some some crazy thing like that. So, <laughs> the odds of him actually getting that injunction just seem remote. Uh, and if he doesn't, and the judge has claimed that, that she will rule before the 28th, um, there's going to be a lot of scrambling. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's what's going on now. <laughs> that That's going to be, um, there, there's some real questions. And a horse like Arabian Knight, who, who Baffert certainly must think extremely high of because he traveled to Arkansas to uh, with that horse. He hadn't been there, in, say, according to him, since 2011. Hmm. Um, and you know, where that horse goes, who that horse goes to, I mean, is it possible that, that um, uh, the horse owned by uh, the same person that owned Medina Spirit sits out too? Maybe he says, you know what? I'll sit it out. We don't care about the Kentucky Derby. Mm. Screw it. We'd love to win it, but I'm not going without you. I mean, that that's definitely possible. The, the way he was talking on the World Cup broadcast. Hey, if Kyrie Irving can, can just demand a trade and get traded the next day, then Arabian Night can skip the Derby. True. Yeah, and I thought you were going to say, too, I thought you were going to say this. Um, that that Bob was also trying out for the Louisville basketball team. <laughs> yeah, because he was hoping LeBron would want to trade for him. Hey, at this point, I think Bob would be their second best scorer. <laughs> Bob, Bob's got a little bit of a. He's got okay, he got hey, hops. listen, man, he, he's a he's an Arizona guy. Arizona guys do right. in the NBA. The hops, he can stroke it from three. Hey. Anything's based, possible. Based upon the current options. <laughs> right. He'd be number two scorer easily. <laughs> he might, Jimmy Barnes might be the sixth man off the bench. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's 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 possible because I, I just – and I haven't seen that. I haven't heard that. It just, to me, is one well, of that those – That makes sense. It's got to be on the table. One of those things. It's not like that guy needs the money. Certainly, he, he would like the prestige, but – it is a race that he, he, you know, that's run at a facility that he's currently suing. Um, they're still suing over the Medina Spirit thing, so they're suing the commission. They're suing the track. I mean, that that's not going <clears> to <throat> that's not going to be settled for a while. And, and again, they're probably not going to win any of those things. But um, and and the guy's probably going to wind up spending more money in, in legal fees than than uh, than the purse money and the purse was anyways, right? But it, it's not a. Uh, I don't think it's a money thing per se. It, it seems like it's it's a it's a personal thing, but uh, it's going to be chaos because. Well, I can tell you this right off the bat: you're going to be able to tell who he thinks are his real contenders and who he thinks aren't his real contenders. Because if they aren't his real contenders, they'll stay with him. Um, the second thing is that the second uh, kind of chaos choke point is going to be 
the day after the derby (laughs) (laughs) is uh, especially if one of his wins because then he's not banned at at Pimlico or Belmont so how quickly would those horses be transferred back immediately especially if it wins like is is he gonna have Bob gonna have like a a a groom and a a van waiting outside of Churchill Downs stable gate absolutely (laughs) As soon as the horse Absolutely. comes out, they're going to make the transfer like they used to do in, uh, uh, in East German and uh, uh, Berlin, you know, East Germans and West Germans. They'd, they'd meet on the bridge and, and transfer the prisoners. Immediately. No <laughs> question. Not No hesitation. Just do not pass go. Just hand over the, the horse right it makes now. for interesting uh, an interesting soap opera soap opera yeah drama because i'll be honest so far this this derby trail is quiet boring. yeah nobody no, no good horses yet have come up or you know no standouts just kind of a, a sleepy season so far maybe maybe saturday will kick it up you know maybe somebody will run a good race and then sam davis Sammy Davis. And Julia Shining running too. Sam Davis. No. No. She's running the Oaks, right? Yeah. Is it the Oaks? No. Oaks is the turf race. I don't know. I'll get it together before Saturday, I promise. Um Yeah, the uh before we move on to that, what about um impressions of the Holy Bull? Um, some nice horses in there. I, I don't think any Derby winners personally, unless they really step up, but, um, winner was good. I, I don't think anybody else did much running. Maybe the runner up a little bit, same barn. Um, wasn't a great race. I thought it was kind of on the slower side of things, but it's hard because I, I don't see I don't think we've seen any of the best horses other than um Arabian Lion Knight. Arabian Knight, yeah. Arabian Knight. Um other than that one, I haven't really seen anybody that kinda you know, shows that kind of potential. <laughs> Seems like he's he's kind of far ahead talent wise than everybody else at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we haven't seen Forte in, you know. No, he's, he's, and Forte's been a little slow to come around. Right, which is alarming. Um, as, as but not as slow as Cave Rock. At least Forte's working. Cave Rock is not even working. Cave Rock is, yeah, he's, I think he's out of the picture. Yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, he's had a couple setbacks. He was supposed to be pointed to the Rebel. I'm not sure who would be training him um, for that particular spot, but... Uh, yeah, it's um I mean my impression of the, the the Holy Bull was going in, I thought it was a very, very weak race mm. for a derby prep. Um there was a lot of horses that just just aren't aren't, you know, haven't really shown much. Uh coming out of the Derby prep or excuse me, coming out of the Holy Bull, I thought Rocket Can ran a good race. Because he was able to overcome being wide both turns, which is not easy to do at Gulfstream. 
I mean, you, you got to give them extra credit for that. But the race was glacial, and the 82 buyer is that, – that seems like a – A little inflated. <laughs> it, it seems like that they, they took the buyer wheel and they put it on a dartboard and they just threw a dart and said, well, let's just match up his number from last time. Um, and it always is – I'm sure figure makers would nod their head, but it's always difficult when they don't run very many dirt races anymore. Dirt roots, yeah, to to make figures, but the race was slow all the way around, and the horses who were second and third were slow going into the race, like not just slow, like <laughs> slow, like ridiculously <laughs> slow for that level. Turtles, turtles, and that the the, the they both moved up on the same day in the same race seems difficult for me to believe and I, I think that Rocket Can is a horse who, who might be a quality horse who's uh, you know going to be a, a, a decent horse this year as a three-year-old but his numbers were not great going into this race and admittedly I bet him in, in a, a, the, the Trust the Profits contest I, I bet a hundred I bet the entire hundred to win on him because I couldn't figure out what else to do in the race because it was just a, I didn't like the other horses. I, I didn't like the one horse with the phony clothes last time and the one turn race when they went super fast early. Um, I mean, those are usually the worst bets <laughs> is horses that close from the clouds in one turn races where there's a super fast pace. And then they immediately go to two turns and the complete dynamics of the race are, are totally different. And it's just, they were successful because of the pace. And I'm sure the Time Lord is going to take his pace banner out and, and, and you know, swirl it around like it's a, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> like a Chet Holmgren. Um, bandana. Bandana, right? But uh, <laughs> pace matters. And, and especially in races where, the pace is super slow or super fast. And, and the horse came out of a race where the pace was super fast. Um, and I thought that was interesting. The, the Crichton's horse who set the super fast pace went 22, 45 and change in the, the mile race mm. stretches out to two turns and, and he's not on the lead. Um, he, he's, he became the chaser, which, which didn't, seem much you know to make much sense i mean we had actually spoke about that before the race and how his odds were kind of appealing um but again if, if you knew he was going to be off the the pace then they would right. not be appealing at all exactly he, he was appealing as a potential loose leader on a short stretch race that most of the other horses um you know look like they went to the university of maryland <laughs> so the terrapins the terrapins are turtles but you know and if people get mad about that I don't care your horse is slow it's not my fault I'm telling you the, the reality it's a, it's, it's a number it's a freaking number if your horse runs slow races they run slow races that doesn't mean he's going to be slow forever but he might be Um. yeah so I, I think that race is going to have zero impact on anything going forward because uh, even the winner, who I again give him kudos for for 
being able to be super wide at Gulfstream and, and still, you know, getting the job done. Um, I, I don't know that he's really, you know, super anyways. Again, if, if, if other horses don't start to emerge. <laughs> yeah, he's going to look better and better, but we got to be, see. It becomes a process of, of elimination. Um, uh, it goes back to what you always talk about, the later races have the more impact because they're attracting the better horses and they don't want to deal with these early point races. I just think there's a lot of, a lot of horses that um, are just being withheld. They're just going to go into the Derby would try to go in with two races and it's not going to work. But again, this might be the first year where they all are like that. I was going to say a lot of them are doing it. (laughs) Right. So I, I would say, you know, if you got your, your radar up horses with races are probably going to be a lot more effective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, experience, they got nice little foundation, but we'll see. Well, I I jumped to 32nd in the, uh, the contest from, from (laughs) way, way back, way downtown. I I had had no winning tickets before this week. So I was, I was tied for life. Yeah, but I was going to say, how many people didn't have any? And they, Not everybody. I think there's like 17 people still that don't have a winner. Okay. so um, I mean, after how many races, though? Three weeks, right? After three weeks, four races. Yeah. That's not that's not that bad. Especially no. if they hit the fourth. Hey, winner. listen, somebody, I don't know what they bet, but somebody. Um, hit every week? No, they hit it like for 1500 and And the, the Bob Lewis, they must have had like $100 straight try or something. Mm. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I punted on the race and, and, and didn't bet anything. Yeah, that's that's tough to bet on. Mm. <laughs> Even in a mythical kind con- <laughs> mythical yeah. money contest, it's like that that's when you know, right? That that's the measure of a race's bettability is when you're in a mythical contest and you're betting fake money. And you're like, mm, I don't even know about that one. <laughs> I said I'd rather make the twenty five dollars than than bet it and, and blow the hundred. So I get a $25 credit <laughs> for not betting. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't impressed by the holy ball. I, I think it's going to be a, one of those races. We look back and but it's like, who won it? Greatest honor. Oh man. Is he retired or what? He is retired and he's yeah. set stud. He run four times. Um, well, he got hurt. I mean, he looked like he was going to be all right. Yeah, I remember. He was he a horse hurt. who was kind of running against the grain at Goldstream too. I mean, a yeah. closer. Uh, oh, remember that race? He he kind of got trapped on the inside and kind of stopped running. And then Jose got him outside and he flew yeah, home. Right, <laughs> he just flew home. But he he got hurt and then he and remember he missed the whole season and then he brought him back last year at Tampa. And, uh, remember they brought him back on maybe this was this weekend was it Sam Davis weekend maybe on the was. undercard and like uh, maybe it was and and then he, he kind of bombed in that race and he never really got going again never really got going I, I and you know maybe it was just a case where he, he just was he looked good in winning those stakes and, and this is part of the, the problem with the greatest stakes in that there's so many unknowns in these races 
these aren't two-year-old races. This isn't like June of the two-year-old year where <laughs> you can't expect them to have a bunch of races. This is uh, February of the three-year-old year. There should be some sort of form that the horses have, have displayed. And uh, that, that's one of the problems with you know having these races be overgraded is that nowadays we're, we're getting horses where um, the entire field is, is A other than that. Or maidens, hell. Um, but people are probably tired of hearing me bitch about that. <laughs> Anyways, what about uh, the undercard at Gulfstream? It was a, it was a, you know, not a, not a bad undercard. I, I had no success because uh, I didn't bet Todd Pletcher every race. Yeah, Pletcher, he was on fire, the man. Pletcher uh, magic was all over the racetrack. Turf, <laughs> dirt, didn't matter. Yeah, he he, could, he was almost like I read was the day before. Fletcher has had some days like that in the past at Gulfstream Park. And it's funny because you don't really think of Gulfstream Park and associate Todd Pletcher with that, right? You don't should. You don't think Todd Pletcher and Gulfstream, they don't go alone. You think Pletcher, you think of Belmont or Mm -hmm. or Saratoga and then grade one races and this and that. But Todd Pletcher has won like 26 (laughs) titles or something ridiculous at Gulfstream Park. I mean, yeah. he's, run, he's won, like, some phenomenal number of, of titles there. Well, look at last year's Pegasus. Didn't he win, like, seven races? He won day? a bunch. He's had some days in the wintertime where he's just, just crushed them. Um, and, and listen, that, that's what he does. That Those are his, his horses. You know, two turn and three. Uh, he has them ready early, ready to fire. Um, and, and they, they do. They, you know, <laughs> at that track, they often do. So that's, uh, you know, I, I zigged when I should have zagged a couple times. Uh, I didn't think I was, I was really surprised. Um, a couple of the races, the, the betting went a little bit haywire, <laughs> um, you know, it was funny. Uh, the The swale was a race where I looked and, and I said, you know, I really don't like Super Chow. I don't like horses that get out every race. Eventually, it catches up to all of them. At some point, it always catches up to them. Um, and I thought Seven Ace was going to be a little bit of a different story for him because he, he's kind of a runoff. And uh, like once you ask him to go, he goes like. You're not going to stop them. And it was just unfortunate because, you know, when you have a horse who's six to five morning line, you don't like him and, and he gets beat and you still really can't, can't do much with it because, right. you know, Shug's horse figured he, he was really the only horse out of the five that ran that had ever passed horses. Um, but uh, yeah, Super Chow had no excuse. He just went to the lead and he just got beat. He just yeah. got beat. He got beat. And, you know, Brian Lynch's horse, two of a kind. He he chased and he just kind of flattened out. Yeah, flattened out, and there was no one else really in the race. Uh, I thought Major Dude ran good. I, I mean, I bet against him because he just wasn't much faster than <laughs> everyone else. And I thought maybe, um, you know, a couple of these other horses. Maybe somebody will jump up, but uh, they didn't. I, I didn't think the race was going to be run like that. I mean, honestly, I thought Candidate would go to the lead. Um, 
Yeah, I thought he was going to lay a lot closer than he did, and then yeah. he, he tried. To, he basically tried to get the same trip Major Dude got. Yeah, um, he even got first run and just just got run by. <laughs> yeah, Dude in Colorado was sent to go to the lead. I mean, that was intentional. That was that was, that was the plan. Um, it, it, it's and he held on for third, so it's not like he just you can't say well he was just a rabbit, but no. that's one of those things when you have uncoupled entries that that make you a little queasy in that one horse. Um, who's uncoupled from the same barn changes the complexion of the race that helps the favorite. It's um, it's just makes those type of races more difficult to bet. Um, what we call the magician, yeah, the hidden rabbit, yeah, the the forward gal. I thought Rusty Arnold's horse ran really good. And I liked her, um, and I, I kind of tried to hook her up with Twice as Sweet, who was the Godolphin horse for um, Brendan Walsh. Damn and <laughs> that race was another race. Like, Twice as Sweet has kind of laid off the pace a little bit, kind of a stalker. And it looked like um, Arella Star, who, who's basically, you know, goes to the lead every time. Was going to be the the you know the early speed setting the race up, probably for someone else. She was fifty to one, and for some reason only known to connections uh, of the two, <laughs> twice as sweet. She, she hooked her and wouldn't let her go, um, and they went really fast, super fast. Nice. And to red carpet ready's uh, credit, you know, with Louis Sayas, he got her to. to you know, settle off those two and, and just just was much the best. And I thought she was really good. And I don't know what to make of her in that she's had three races. She's won them all, you know, stylishly. But she's by Oscar Performance, who was a turf horse. And most of his success as a young stallion has been with the turf, turf horses. So this one's a little bit of a, of a mystery. Um, I mean, she's run good numbers. Uh, Rusty Arnold does not usually have them cranked up at, in, uh, at Gulfstream early in the season. I mean, he is, is primarily a, a, a Kentucky. You know, he does his best work in, in Kentucky in the spring, summer, and fall. Um, and I saw that uh, their connections are, are talking Kentucky Oaks with her. And it's hard for me to say, well, I mean, obviously she's talented enough. And and the three-year-old fillies last year really were not very fast. It, it was as a as a group was not a a, a strong year for for three-year-old for two-year-old fillies turning three. And so far, most of the three-year-old fillies haven't run particularly fast either. Um, this one did. She's she's fast, and and uh, you know, you look at her pedigree, and you don't think she wants to go three quarters or seven eighths on the dirt either. So, you know, is the mile and an eighth out of the question? I, I would think it's, it's not. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, the, it, it just, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's always funny when you get these horses that, that don't run, um, like their pedigree kind of says they should. I mean, look at, look at, uh, Medallia Dioro, 
Yep. You know, an El Prado, and you're kind of thinking maybe this horse is going to be more grass orientated. And not only has was he a really top top dirt horse, but he's been a great sire. He's 24 years old. He still stands for a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> he had two Grade One winners two weeks ago, two weekends ago, two two Grade One winners the same. Well, within the same 12 hour period, even though it was on different sides of the different earth. Sides, yeah. <laughs> two grade one winners. I mean, any stallion gets two grade winners on one day. That that's a, a feather in their cap. But for a twenty-four year old stallion, it's uh, it's nuts. But um, yeah, red carpet ready to me was was. I thought she was super. Yeah, I thought she was really good. She did exactly you know what she needed to do. Um, but I'm always wary of those. You know, she got a couple really good trips um when when that luck's gonna run out yeah no she has got good trips but you know one thing about it too is that uh horses with tactical speed can a lot of times make their own trips that's true that's true you know that that's that's the you know big edge sometimes that those horses have my question is, is is she going to be able to stretch it out to a mile and an eighth? Is, is she going yeah. to use it herself too early? I don't know. Well, that's that's two of the things that will be up against her wherever she shows up next, especially if she's going to run in the in the Oaks. This is true. So, I I'm, I mean, as a better, I'm, I'm looking to bet against her. Right. For those two reasons alone, without seeing anything else or hearing anything else. That's enough for me to 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 play against her. Well, there there are going to be, I mean, if Julia Shining comes back, I mean, she's going to be, uh, she's going to be touted every race of her life until she mm-hmm. just goes off form. Um, Wagon Wheel, of course, is is coming off of the Elsa <laughs> Wagon Wheel. Breeders' Cup. So you know, Wagon Wheel, she'll be she'll be she'll, <laughs> she'll be well bet. Though it seems like they're going to take the Cassie way and, and, and make like one start for there before the Oaks, which. So she's just going to run in, in this race on Saturday and be done? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Two at the most, it would seem. Yeah, how'd that work out for uh, Helium? <laughs> oh, he only had one. A soup and sandwich. Yeah. Soup and sandwich. <laughs> there was people that actually like touted that horse. Uh, quite Peter? a few, actually. Like, is there wise guy horse? I'm like, why is what do you like? The horse got no shot. He's got no prayer. Zero. What chance do you have? None. Zero. <laughs> Zilch. <laughs> like you know that that's one of the good things that that uh, that the Canadian guy got mad at me. Yeah, he was really mad. He was upset. You know, that. you can tell, like, I guess the landscape of of <clears throat> how horses round into the Derby now, you can eliminate pretty much half the field, like, w- without much thought. True. Um, you know, like last year, like Messier, we knew that horse was just yeah. going to get overbet. Messier's Santa Anita Derby was bad. It was not a good race. Uh, and it yeah, only, that was the one that Tiber won. Yes, right? he only was second because the race was a, that bad. Was a disaster behind him. 
Mandela's horse more or less pulled up because he couldn't breathe. And then <laughs> Applejack, <laughs> Applejack couldn't, you know, Apple take up anybody. <laughs> and then there was some other horse who was in there who just, you know, jogged around there. Like, like, oh, it was like well, in spring training when the pitchers jog around the, uh, the outfield <laughs> during the game. <laughs> I can't remember that horse's name, but that's kind of what he was doing. He was just out there to run he was, around. He was doing the Pepe Le Pew. Yes, he was running around out there, getting a little, a little getting some, uh, getting some steps in. <laughs> he had his Fitbit on. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, and then we had uh, the new me-esque Cairo Consort. Oh, man. It's so funny that, like, and I'm going to say this, and I'm sure, I'm sure people are, oh, yeah. but Kyra Consort wasn't really that good coming into this race. I mean, she's okay. Well, she's okay. Yeah. But I, I think the best thing that happened to her was she broke bad. Because yep. the truth of the matter might be that she just wants to be written like that. That she just wants to make one run. Right. A lot of the best turf horses, that's how they want to be written. But it's not easy to find riders that are going to do that. And it's not easy to, to do that if you're running pretty well. I mean, she was running pretty well. She, you know, she won a couple of races up in Canada. But, um, you know, she, she, she won the Ginger's Brew. But, she, you know, she wasn't like spectacular in that race. She, was, she, she won it because yeah. she, she should have won it. And she ran good in a Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. She she did not run poorly. She ran good, but I think she, she just maybe wants to be one of those horses that that comes from behind. And I think the interesting thing will be her next start. Yeah, what are they going to do? How do they play it? Yeah, because you know, I you, you know they weren't intentionally trying to break like that bad. I don't know if they can. I don't know if you can get her to break that bad again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would, I would think that they're just like, you know, just play as, as as she breaks. If she breaks good, just let her roll. Breaks bad. I'm almost I'm with the one say right now that if she breaks good next race and sits third, she's she gonna lose. She gets beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a future book for that. We we have future books for everything. I can't write <laughs> a Cairo consort if she breaks future book. Uh, yeah, the second part of that card on on Saturday was a pretty chalky. It got chalky, and we are still members of the no chalk zone. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know how that went for us. <laughs> if it gets chalky, it's not a good sign. Not not for me. Not a good sign. Um, well, at, at the very least, at Goldstream, I mean, the weather forecast was not very promising. Um, you know, going early in the week, so the fact that they were able to get the races in without having to move those turf races to the Tapita, um, yeah, was, that, a, that, was was that's a, a help. That was a big help. Was a help, yeah. You know, there, there is an issue at Gulfstream Park with the, that's actually at Palm Meadows. They have no racetrack. And we're going on week number two. Um, 
And I know there's a lot of very unhappy trainers that are stabled at Palmetto's because uh, they, uh, you know, they have nowhere to train. You go to Florida in the wintertime, so your training doesn't get inter- interrupted. That's one of the problems with being up north in the wintertime is that, you know, weathers can certainly uh, come in and play a factor where uh, you're going to miss training time because of uh, freezing temperatures or icy weather or snow or a bad rain or, or, you know, a blizzard. <laughs> My friend said to me today, he goes, does it rain every day at Mahoning Valley? Because it's always sloppy. On, it's always sloppy. It's always sloppy. Oh, the snow. I, I think sometimes when you watch Mahoning Valley, it's, it's almost like they, it's a black and white, TV because there's no color. Like even the colors are like grayed out by that place. But no, no. The point was is that you know you go to Florida, so you don't miss training, not because you miss training. And there's a lot of big outfits and good horses training over that. Uh, well, training or not training over that surface currently, which um, may wind up being a factor here because you know guys are already. Shipping around to, to just get works in, and that's uh, that's a it's a very very unfortunate set of circumstances. But uh, you know, we saw this happen in Laurel. We saw this happen in Santa Anita. We've seen this happen in New Orleans on the turf. We saw this happen at Churchill uh, <laughs> on the turf, and and you start to wonder, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Like what's going on? Like how how could this be, especially in Florida? Right. But, uh, yeah, that that's something to keep your eye on, especially coming up this weekend. You're you're going to have horses that have missed works, and uh, I don't know how that's going to affect. And and that's the thing; it's one of these nebulous. We don't really know how it affects each individual horse because we're not getting reports on. Uh, right, who's where on, on horses outside of maybe stake horses? So they're they're saying they're going to try to have the track open by Wednesday, but no works for a couple of days, so there won't probably be works to the weekend. Um, so you know that that's going to be a handicapping factor going forward when you look at horses that train the Palmettos that they have a gap in their workouts. It's not because. There was anything wrong with them, but they just didn't have anywhere to work. That's uh, rough. That's rough, man. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's uh, mid February, you know, when you when you might have some improving horses and stuff. Works are key. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I mean, what do you do? You know, you jog uh, the jog on the jogging track and gallop a little bit over there, but um, you know, it's 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 another uh, variable that that when you open up the form and you look, you don't know the true story there, right? You don't know when you look at a horse's PPs and you, like you said, you, you see the, the the words missing, or maybe the horse has uh you know comes up a little short in a race oh, that's brutal yeah 
it's 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 one of these variables that you just can't really you know exists but it's it's hard to to wrap your hands around it and, uh you know unfortunately it's it's uh it's a, it's a real situation let's hope the track is opened again by wednesday but uh i would maybe tend to uh give a little bit of an edge to the horses that are training somewhere other than palm Meadows in uh in this weekend's races you know a couple days off three, four, five days off, it's not the end of the world. But when horses start missing works, it becomes a it becomes a, a bigger factor, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but we do have the Sam Davis. You're you're uh you're gonna be over there this weekend, right? Yes I will. Over there on the track feed and Doing a whole bunch of other stuff, so yeah, it should be a good time. Should be a good time. The race looks pretty good. Undercard looks pretty good. Um, you know, for an early season kind of thing at at uh, at Tampa, it's a it's gonna be a good card. Yeah. Um... So the news that uh, Sam Houston is not going to be simulcasting now. Yeah, they went with they got the green light. Then they said no and yes, and then no again. I don't know. I I, I stopped following the saga. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a mess. Yeah, it's pretty lame. The whole thing just. Top to bottom is just nonsense. I can't disagree. Uh, the withers is going to be redrawn, by the way. They should, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that race will be drawn Wednesday, so. So we'll know who's back in the Withers, but uh, the first <laughs> incarnation of the Withers that wasn't run was not. Uh, it was just kind of the same horses that would run up there, right? Just like the the locals. Yeah, the. Uh... Oh, we can read it right here. Um, Arctic arrogance be the favorite. Uh, Hit show was the was the Hit new show. Case. Hit yes. show. Um, I'm not sure that Hit show is is uh, worthy of a lot of uh, attention until they scratch out of another race until he proves a little bit more. But uh, he's the new face in there. Yeah, uh, General Banger, who's third. And uh, Jerome uh, Arctic Arrogance was second in there. The winner of that race, McCarthy's horse, did not come back. Um, Robert uh, Butch Reed has put ninety percent Maddie in there. I think I think he won a race at Parks. Parks, yeah. I think it was Parks. Uh, Andio uh, and Damio uh, Forense is in there. He got smokestacked in the. the <laughs> uh, Prove right is. Uh, not 
not fast. So, I mean, it, it's a, a short field and it wasn't a particularly good field. Obviously, the the shipper is going to attract a lot of attention, but I mean, it looked kind of like that was going to be Arctic Air against his race to, to lose. But um, but we'll see. We'll see what, what the same group is, is in there uh, when they when they redraw Wednesday. Um, Gulfstream doesn't have a whole hell of a lot going up this weekend. Yeah, somebody told me that Sunday's card is better than Saturday's. Um, you know, the, the card on Saturday is not bad. It's not a bad card. It's just not a typical it's just Saturday. It's not a Saturday card. I mean, there's uh, the one stake. It's um, the Phillies sprinting on the turf. Nine horse field. Miss J. McKay, who has continuously tortured me over the years. <laughs> um, she's in there. <laughs> never guess right on her uh but it's it's a it's a pretty good field it, it's at least there's nine so that's not a bad race um a couple a couple maiden races as as there always are at Gulfstream uh the Gulfstream Park turf sprint five A's for the boys that's got 10 um yes I am free Karatari um Shecky Shabazz. Shecky Shabazz. That horse still running? Uh, the Critical Way, who I'm sure will be on the lead. Yeah, there. So it's it, that's a ten horse field. I don't think uh, anybody's gonna come out of that race reminding you of Golden Pal, but but it's, <laughs> it's not a bad card. But uh, they do have a mile race on the dirt. Three year olds, a couple uh, interesting horses in there. Butcher's got a cult name green dreamlike it's a pretty good name but um yeah an allowance on the turf a starter on the tapita maiden on the tapita for phillies going a mile and 70 a 12-5 on the tapita a turf race claiming 20 never went three going a mile got a full field plus also eligibles um the third race is a maiden race six furlongs and there uh decent field so i mean it's it's not a bad card the first race of the day is maiden 25s on the turf on the turf those are those are the, the special ones yeah one of my favorite type of races man i love those races <laughs> be ready early 12-10 post. Well, that'll be about 12-17. Um, but still, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, we're, I think we're 12-25. Yeah, right after. So, what else? Nothing much. Just uh, riding it out. Parents coming into town. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're going to be over at Tampa? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Sons is back from the Navy for a month? He's not AWOL, is he? <laughs> By AWOL, you mean not coming out of his room? 
Yeah. You should. Uh, is he gonna? Co- is he gonna come to Tampa on Saturday? Oh yeah, he's gonna be there. Is he gonna bring the sword? That's my question. <laughs> I don't know. We gotta could, bring. Could like, you find out for me, please, if the sword is allowed? If the sword is there, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, on video pictures, every platform known to man. I want to see a picture of you, and Beamy and the and the sword. See, now I'm gonna have to bring it. Barry's got the sword <laughs> at his house. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like Conan the Barbarian sword. Oh, it's huge <laughs> and it's heavy. You could definitely like. Like chop dragons' heads off of that thing, like Babe Ruth's bat. That thing is, yeah. They should, they should, they should have it in the the winner's presentation. You know, they always have these these lame like plates and stuff. I'm gonna run that. Would be better than a sword. I'm gonna run that by everybody at uh, at Tampa on Saturday. Tell Margo. How about you give a sword? The, the sword. The sword. You be the first racetrack to give out a sword. You yeah, but wouldn't they have to change a name? You can actually maybe, maybe you know what you could do. You could knight the people, like the the winning connections. <laughs> you you turn into medieval times, though. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> hey, man, we need to open the racing up to new markets. This is what everyone tells me. Man, it's a big barn area in medieval times. That's right. Instead of whips, you can give them those those big jousting things. Well, hey, that way, man. That way they'd, be, they'd be stabbing the, the other riders. Right? The, you know, we're probably no about two steps harmed. away from that on the track in, in, in Naira with all the herding. Yeah, Naira, they already have jousting. Need some chain mail. Everybody's going to have to wear chain mail. Oh, man. Ten pounds over. A lot more than ten. Metal. <laughs> We have to broaden our horizons and make racing appealing to everyone. Yeah, we could do it. Well, what's that? Medieval Times, you could have like a special, the, the Tampa Bay Medieval Times Daily Double. Like you used to do the, 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 the thoroughbreds and then at night do the trotters, those double headers. You, you could do oh. the Tampa Bay to, uh, to the jousting. You could have jockeys doing the jousting, they could hire jockeys. Some of them jockeys might be better at jousting than they are at riding. <laughs> See, this is this is a you know brainstorming session. This will get us invited to some symposium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could hear the whispers. Are you the idiots that wanted to have jousting <laughs> and a sword? <laughs> They wanted to. They wanted to to, to knight Marcos Manessas in the winner's <laughs> circle of Tampa. Nah, yes, he, that's exactly what we want to do. Nah, you just got to give him a, a couple Heinekens. Hey, listen, He's all man, set. The Tampa Bay's got some patrons that are old enough that they were around during the medieval times. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was Saratoga today, man. Whew. That's rough. I, I like going there. I feel like the young guy. You are. What do you mean? I'm, 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 I feel like you are. I'm ancient, yet uh, there I'm. I'm. I'm like. Uh, yeah, you just got out of high school. Yeah. 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 
Oh yeah, by the way, happy birthday. I'm sure he doesn't listen, but happy birthday to Pete Nice. Pete Nice. Yes, sir. Stroke. Yeah, Pete Nice destroyed the mayor. Um, oh. in our one basketball game against him. Pete Nice, who was uh Did he say who, Pop goes the weasel who, who, every time who, who he a, made a shot? Who was a rapper, a, a, a relatively successful rapper. Or did he give him the gas face? During the nineties. Yeah, the gas face. <laughs> Yeah, pop we, goes we the played, weasel. Uh, we played. Um, we played Bishop. He played for Bishop Ford, and um, handed out business cards. You apparently. know, in high school, my my junior senior, my excuse me, my sophomore, junior, and senior years, um, we were ranked in the state in New York small schools, and in my junior and senior years, we were ranked number one for a good portion of the year. And the only game that we played that we just had no chance was was against <laughs> Pete, nice. Pete Nice. His dad was the coach, and he he was he was good. He was really good. He tortured us. Of course, he was just Pete Nash back then. He wasn't Pete Nice yet. But uh, yeah, they were. Uh... <laughs> They won the opening tip, except they tipped it to the mayor, and he came down the left side, and he went in for a layup. And uh, the guy, I can't think of his name, but he was about six, 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 seven. I think he wound up going to like Michigan State or somewhere. <laughs> he like volleyball spiked it off the side of the, uh, of the gymnasium, <laughs> off the wall. And, and I looked at the mayor, and the mayor looked at me, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh we're in for a long night. This is this is not going to be good." You know, we had played a New York City team the year before, Monsignor McClancy. And I don't think either of those schools is even around anymore. Um, but um, and we played them tough. I mean, we we lost I think by three to them. They were a school with like you know, twelve hundred kids. We were a school with two hundred. But uh, yeah, Bishop Ford they they crushed us. And it was Pete Nice's birthday today. So happy birthday, Pete Nice. He's like, I'll still give you fifty right now, man. Yeah, that was that was a humbling. <laughs> it's like it's just a regular guy. Yeah. How is he giving us fifty right now? But he's still not the most. The, the, you know, this is the craziest thing of all the good players you ever played against. The most famous person I probably probably played against was Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> it was Steve Smith back then. Stevie. Yeah. Steve, one of the best basketball players ever played against wasn't even a basketball player. Kenny Lofton, uh, baseball, and that guy could jump. Whew. But yeah, I remember we played Fashion Institute of Technology. It's in it's in Manhattan. Yeah, and you have to go. You get in the elevator and you go up. It's like on the seventh floor or something. The gym, this giant gym, and. Uh, <laughs> And he was on the team. Of course, no one knew who he was back then. He was just some guy. Uh, but they had their 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 front court was like six eleven, six ten, six ten. Dang. Yeah, it was giant. And I remember I got the ball on the post. I turned. Them. I looked. This, I was looking this guy directly in his chest. And I turned. I threw it back out. Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the good old days. 
But um, yeah, this weekend should be okay. Some some decent racing. I don't know what's going on in California. I don't think they know what's going on in California. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Though, you know, early sentiment, though that that in a perfect world, that race wouldn't have been a betting race. I mean, it actually <laughs> handled better than I thought it would. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, it didn't handle good, but it better it handled better than I thought it would, considering it was a four horse race with one trainer. Has that ever happened before? May have asked that already. No, it's never happened in a derby prep. I mean, I'm sure it's happened somewhere. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happened in Ireland. I mean, <laughs> sometimes Aiden O'Brien's got seven in there. I just don't get people who run to the defense of it. Like, it's not good no matter how you cut it, it's bad. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, uh, 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 Chad Brown had, had four out of six. Uh, yeah. That wasn't great either. No, that wasn't good. No, no one was saying, "Oh, this is this is great. This is what we want to see." But it's it's the strangest thing. Sometimes in horse racing, people will defend the undefensible just because they 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 have this 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 um, ability to be offended by reality. It's a four horse field number one. That's bad. A four horse field in a derby prep is is bad. A four horse field trained by one trainer is is like really bad. It's not good. It's not a, it's not a good thing. And it's and it has really nothing to do with that trainer. He's just put the horses in who, who were in his barn who, who fit the race. It's not his fault. I mean, technically, um, his he's the reason why why this has happened, or at least I should say, a, a big part of it, but. It's hard for me to pin too much blame on the person who's successful, who uses the the rules and the the system as it currently is uh, to their benefit, because isn't that what everyone who's successful really kind of does? And, you know, the blame lies elsewhere. The blame lies with everyone else who, who hasn't done anything to try to change that. Uh, if, if the system is broken and you continue to leave the system as is, then whose real whose fault is it? Yeah, that's always the question. After, especially after a certain period of time, and it doesn't get any better. No, I mean California racing has a lot of issues, and and I like California racing. I don't want California racing to be good. Racing needs California. It's a gigantic state. It's a state with a tremendous amount of history. Breeding. There's some great racetracks. And it's important. But it's 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 this business is not gonna make it if drastic changes aren't made. And 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 the people who are affected most by drastic changes are the people who are currently successful. I mean, and, and this is not a, a personal thing at all, but if you took Bob Baffert, Chad Brown, Todd Fletcher, Steve Asmussen, uh, and, and, and whoever else, Brad Cox, and you put them in a spaceship and you sent them to the moon, racing would be much better the next day. 
not because those are bad people, but because uh, it's a math equation. Racing is a math game. It's based upon math. It's numbers. And when the numbers are skewed, you have to unskew them. But th- that doesn't happen. The numbers get skewed worse and worse and worse. And the owners are, are all chickens now. If you're a billionaire and you need to team up with somebody else, you're a chicken. <laughs> you are. Racing is thin these days. It's thin. There's not much competition. It's not like it used to be. And part of the reason is because everyone is on the same team. There aren't that many Fipkeys out there. A guy who, who's been successful doing it his own way. Who doesn't take partners. You know, he does it his own way for the most part. That's how it used to be. And there are certain things that happen that you you understand why it happens. And, and you say to yourself, well, you know, uh, financially, you, things need to be done like this or like that. Like when someone sells a horse. Hmm, I get it. Um, I, I get why breeders sell horses. I get why owners who breed sell horses because of the tax laws and things like that. But what happens at the top? It's just a bunch of, it's, it's really unseemly that, that all these people want to be partners with each other. It just doesn't, it doesn't compute to so many of us. Well, I mean, yeah, because the, the basic premise of horse racing is my horse is faster than your horse. Not our <laughs> versus yours. I but. just wish that, that someone would come along and, and say, you know what, I don't really want to be partners with you. I have a lot of money. And you know what? I'm doing it my way and and not be crazy. There have been some people like that, but they've been nuts and they wanted to do their, their way, but they, their way was like, you know, impossible to work. <laughs> you know, but, but just come in and say, you know what? Beat me. Beat me. I mean, I get the finances. Everybody likes to make money, but I'm talking, we're talking about billionaires here. We're not talking about people that are worth 10 million selling a horse that's worth five. We're talking about people that are worth seven billion. They're selling a horse that's worth five, and and I say that from a perspective of a person who was played this game and had just about a hundred percent of his um, his net value and, and you know net worth in play. All my money, <laughs> everything I had. Sometimes so it'd be a hundred percent, not not three percent or five percent. And a lot of other people are, are the same way. That this, this is how they have, you know, they've got a, a huge percentage of, of their own worth involved. And when you see people that are worth, um, you know, that don't need partners, that don't need to be part of a, not just a partner, a conglomeration. I mean, listen, if, if you were a billionaire and I was a billionaire, we're friends. We say, you hey, know, let's, let's, part, let's partner up. I'll meet you at the track with my sure. horses. 
we could partner up a couple of horses because we're friends. But, you know, these these deals where there's eight or nine or ten of them, and they all own a sliver of the horse. Oh, maybe we'll get a stallion. Who cares? So you'll make some money doing that. I'm going to tell you one thing. If you really want to make money, take all the money you put in horse racing and put it in something else because you'll probably make more money doing it that way. I mean, that's the thing is, is like the, the excuse of, a, well, we want to make money. I, I get that. Everybody wants to make money. No one wants to lose money unless you're a guy that needs to lose money to, to Bezos for the, for the, you know, for the IRS purposes. Bezos. You're just going to keep buying and buying and buying because you need to you'd rather spend it on that than give it to the IRS. But, I mean, even though the, the biggest, most expensive stallions talking real money but some of them people they have a bad month on Wall Street and they lose that or or make that amount so you know I bet you all the time and I say you know what who are we to, to, to spend someone else's money or not spend someone else's money but in the end it's a competitive thing it's it's about competition Horse racing shouldn't be about owners making money or breeders making money. And it is, which is the reality of the situation, but it can't survive. It can't survive. Racing is not going to survive with six or eight tracks. You're just not going to, the, the, the foundation won't exist anymore. It's why the NBA doesn't just have playoffs. It's why the NFL plays 18 games to get to the playoffs. You can't just have stake races and allowance races and maiden races because you can't make just go to horses. Into Mischief is a great stallion, leading stallion every year. Winners all the time, all over the place. Loses all over the place, too. It's 90% non-stake horses. Right. 90% non-stake winners. Nine out of ten of them. They're not going to be a stake winner. Might be okay, maybe it'll be all right, but they're not going to be a stake winner. You can't just have good horses. And, and, and I mean, how how much smaller do you want to squeeze the the fields in the upper tier races? You know. And the other part is, is is just the economics from the racetracks themselves. I mean, I think you're going to find it hard for a racetrack to want to stay open if they just run, you know, short schedule all year. It's a lot of property. It's a lot of that's a lot of money invested to run only a couple times a week, a couple times a month. You, you just, you know, Keeneland can do it. Keeneland can do it because they, they sell billion dollars worth of horses every year. You know, Churchill can do it because they have that weekend that, that makes like 45% of the money for the, for the giant publicly traded corporation. It's all made in a weekend, a huge part of it. They can get away with it because they got that, that, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. But what about all the other tracks? (laughs) 
Lindestronic is not a big fan of horse racing. I mean, if you weren't a big fan of something, but you, you were invested in it, but you saw a way out of it, would, would you take it? Of course. I mean, that's just human nature. You just start to look at it and you wonder, you know, where are we where are we going? <laughs> you know, where are we going? And it's a great time to own horses. That's the thing that, that really gets me in a lot of ways. It's is that it's advantageous to be a, a, a own a horse these days. You have uh, you know big purses all over the place. Yeah. And you don't have to, to run against 12 horse fields all the time. In some ways, the competition is spread out as thin as it ever has been. Um, you know, why aren't we getting, why, why aren't we getting more horses bought? Why aren't we getting more new people in the business? And, and if we do get new people in the business, why do we keep filtering them to the same other, same people who have all the people now? That's that, you know, these questions that never get asked at these symposiums and never get asked, the. Uh, by the people who are supposed to be asking the questions. Um, you know, I mean, we could go back and do like we did uh, that one summer, and every week we could come on here and rattle off all the horses that were bought for bargain prices or were by $5,000 stallions or claimed that uh, one stakes that last weekend. <laughs> oh, it, it's, yeah. We Remember definitely... that? Was, yeah, yeah. Every, every week. Every week. Three, Every four, week. five of them, and those are not getting any 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 press. Those are not, you know, no one's saying, "Hey, look, this is why you should own a horse." Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. I don't know. Just uh, it's a little frustrating because it just doesn't seem like anything's changing, and people just are, are you know, racing people. Say, <clears throat> what's the quote they say? It's the way we always done it. That's the way we always done it. Until the time when you ain't doing it no more. Well, I don't want to end on a too depressing of a note. But uh, March Madness isn't far. Is that is that code for fire Tibbs? I should fire that guy. <laughs> He's mad, right? He's uh, mad. I'm, on a, I'm on like a 24-hour hiatus from trying to... Nick's talk? Yeah. No, no, from <laughs> trying to uh, uh, make Coach Thibodeau depart. But, um, yeah, yeah. I can tell you this. The Super Bowl's this weekend. And, Steve Bick, I don't know if you're going or not, but you should go. Um, you definitely should go. But, uh, you know what I'm looking f- most forward to? Oh, you know? During the Super Bowl? He's going to be in Tampa. I know. He's supposed to go to the Super Bowl. Got tickets. Uh-oh. He got a connection. Um, but no, you know the the thing I'm most looking forward to on Sunday? <laughs> the commercials? No. I'll give you one more guess. It's not Rihanna either. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Gronk kicking the field goal. Oh, the the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, yeah, man. 
I know he played for the Patriots, but he was an Arizona guy, so I got to give him, you know, a little bit of a pass. But that guy's just naturally funny, man. He's just just something. Well, the question about is, him. is he gonna make it? Is he gonna make it? I don't know. I think he can. He can make that. That's a lot of pressure, man. Not really. You got 150 million people watching you. You might kick the ball. You might shank it. (laughs) He's definitely going to shank it. (laughs) I don't know how much the whole production costs, and I don't know how much money it costs them to get that thing off the ground, but that, that, whatever they paid, it's worth it because. I talked to five different people today, and everybody's like, "Yeah, man, I can't wait to see." Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm excited. See, now you got me on that yeah. bandwagon. Yeah, I, I just want to know: is, is is some is some book going to be willing to take bets on it? Will no come. way, because everybody knows the outcome. Oh man. Who do you like? Do you have any opinion on the game? Uh, kind of sick of Mahomes, so I want the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. I want to see the Eagles win just because the fans will go nuts in Philly and they might burn down like half the town. Remember when they won the World Series? I mean, when they won the last the Super Bowl last time. They... Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Carson Wentz. That's coming again, too, believe me, if it happens. The luckiest quarterback in history. Carson. It's a bad name, Carson. I don't like that name. Carson. Nick Nick Foles just basically still making money off of that Super Bowl. Hey man, Nick Foles went to the he went to the, the University of Arizona, my friend. Well, he got outplayed in Jacksonville by Gardner Minshew, who can't throw. Gardner, yeah, but he's he's got a cool name. <laughs> well, um, the the mayor's throwing a party, so got to go to the mayor's party. <laughs> is it a, is it a Cowboys party? Yeah, I'll ask him. Yeah, so the mayor's having a Super Bowl party. Should be interesting. But uh, but anyways, we'll uh, hopefully big weekend. Hope you do great over at Tampa. Thank you. Show you uh, give the people what they want to hear. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't rain. Weather. I don't think it's gonna rain. I think it's gonna be cool, okay. like sixty-five ish. Which no, well, cool sixty-five ish is better. That's than good. Rain. That's okay. Yeah. Rain sucks. Rain is definitely. Tampa's not a real big track either. I mean, there's a lot of people outside, so <laughs> you get under that small grandstand. Yeah, if, if it when it rains, it, it's not you know. I mean, listen, rain, rain on a big day sucks no matter where you are, especially when they got a lot of turf races. And Tampa has a good turf course. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel set the track record, which uh, 
Yeah. JJ went out there for the ride, man. He did. Made the right call. I had no manuals, but, uh, but, you know, these things happen. But no, I, I mean, I just hope it does, if it does rain, it's just, uh, cause it didn't it rain last year on that day, did it not? No, it was nice that day. It was, uh, Tampa Bay Derby day. Tampa Bay Derby day. It was freezing and it poured rain in the morning. And then it got better as the day went on. Um, but it was it was chilly out there. Yeah, ho- hopefully the weather's hopefully it holds up. And uh, I'm just looking right now to see what the weather forecast. It's Friday. You're looking at some rain. Very. Yeah. I, I see. I see. I see a high of sixty on Saturday. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna need the the armor and the sword. Man. Just on that day, too, rain. because I think the day before, a couple days before, it's like 80. 80. Yeah, 84 on Thursday, 81 on, on Friday, and then Saturday, 60. Sunday's back to 70, but the horses will like it. The horses will appreciate it. Well, all right. Well, good luck, and uh, tell everybody I said hello over there. And Absolutely. I, I wish I was going to be there but uh, I will not I will probably be at the probably be at the harness track with the old people though on Saturday afternoon it's generally a, a, a tad bit younger of a of a crowd yeah free beers or something? no nothing is free <laughs> I, there, I, actually I shouldn't say that there, there is if you go on the casino side they have one of those drink machines you can get free drinks nice but, I think uh, I saw that on the way out yeah, but uh, that's the only thing free over there. Unless you're a slot player. <laughs> you're a slot player. You get lots of free stuff. <laughs> but uh, no, all right, sounds good. And uh, we thanks everyone for listening. And Time Lord, we know you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> Chet. <laughs>